Welcome back, peeps, to Perfect.dev, where we give you cats the freshest dose of dev snacks. Hey, welcome back, Perfect Peeps. I have our MDE guest today, and if you haven't heard of that, it is called Media Development Experts from Cloudinary, or those who are about to be a media development expert like Maya, who actually works for Cloudinary. Um, Hi. (laughs) Hi, guys. So from uh, Maya's standpoint, uh, she is a senior front-end developer at Cloudinary and a core maintainer of Storefront UI. Also the founder and organizer of Vue.js Israel meetups. Um, she is Vietnamese, but lives in Israel, which is amazing to me. That's awesome. Um, so the rest of your bio says speaker, blogger, bookworm, and hardcore yeah, Sailor go. Moon fan. <laughs> so many things, Maya. Whoa. I, I actually didn't know that you're going to read it out loud. So oh, I yeah. We've got to read it out loud. <laughs> Basically, I'm Maya, and that should stay. <laughs> cool. Uh, and uh, our other our other guest is Tim Benix, and he is the director of web development at Valtech Paris. Uh, he is born in Amsterdam, also a speaker, writer, organizer of front end meetups in Paris. Welcome, Tim. Thanks. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it comes with the job Maya and I have. We just do so much stuff. Um, yeah. So, as your as your hosts, I'm Alex Patterson, uh, agmp.com, as well as my co-host. Nick Roosh. I'm here. I'm rocking it out with these guys. Looking forward to it. <laughs> so Nick. Yeah, the guy Nick. with the best room. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm just here. I'm just here for the pictures, guys. That's it. <laughs> so, so Nick is actually a pro- program manager. See, I always mess it up at, at General Motors. So yeah. he works in the infotainment uh, system area right now currently, but he also helps me with AJMP and our Perfect.dev podcast, which many of you are probably listening to at this point. So let's kick this off. Are you guys excited or what? Yes, this is cool. So um, the first question we have is, what is a media developer expert? What's that all about? I'm so looking at Maya right now. Yeah. <laughs> works at why, why are you looking at me? Because <laughs> you, you work there. <laughs> so I've, I've been asked the, the one-liner. Can you tell me like a one-liner from Cloudinary what this is? Well, uh, I struggle with it. I, well, you're not the only one who struggles with it. Uh, technically, oh, here you go. And and I'm the only one who don't don't have this kind of swag, how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you uh listening on the podcast and not necessarily on YouTube, I've got I've got my Cloudinary bottle with me. Um along with along with my backpack hiding here somewhere. So I've got a shout out for Tessa on that one. We'll have to uh, chat with her some other time. But I need yeah, to find so, my unicorn somewhere. Where's yes. my unicorn? <laughs> so what, what is a media developer expert? Uh, well, it's a very long term, but I think in short, it's just a, a developer that is really passionate about own medias, like how to optimize media um, use case for like really uh, really into making uh, media more optimized for performance and building a better visual web. And first of all, you need to be a developer and a good developer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's my my point of view. So that's how I look for uh, when I well, that's what I look for when I talk to other developer about potential MDE. 
In addition, you probably, I mean, an MBA should be able to talk about it or to, to, to express how they feel about media because it's not easy to voice out, you know. So mm, that's more or less the concept. So, Tim, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> did I, I think did, you're right. did I make it sure. correct? <laughs> yes. No, I think uh, you exactly. You need to have this passion for media, and for me personally, that stems from having to do media stuff for these huge clients. And it, I only had to do that because their media was delivered so slowly and crappy and bad quality. Mm-hmm. And this, I always work for luxury clients, so images needs to be pristine like how the photographer took it right so i just rolled into it that way just because i had to and now i love it and now i'm looking at accessibility and all these other things so um, there's different angles for me it's more the business perspective but we also have a bunch of people who are still students as mde and they're doing it from another angle and they're learning a lot about it and they're evangelizing so it's it's a really cool thing actually yeah, for sure. It, it's kind of fun to get into. I was actually at uh, Refactor Tech when I first heard about, I've heard about Cloudinary forever. I, I was part of Cloudinary, but the, oh, really? the actual, uh, sorry, I wasn't hired by them. <laughs> I was just on, on their platform. Um, uh, sure. Okay. But when I was at Refactor Tech, they started reaching out about the media developer um, expert, which gets into our, how did you get started as it? Um and and the big thing for me was it's such an exciting platform that Cloudinary offers um, from images and image manipulation where you can do on-the-fly cropping. And um, they actually have that neat feature where they can focus onto a face and create avatars automatically. Um, and the, some of their newer stuff they're doing with video is, is just blowing my mind. So uh, one of the big questions that I often get, like, what does Cloudinary provide that like a S3 bucket on Amazon can't? Can, can you guys talk about that a little bit? Oh, uh, well, let's put it this way. Uh, Cloudinary is like the, <clears throat> sorry, Cloudinary is like the extended uh, S3 bucket. Like basically you can use S3 bucket and integrate with Cloudinary and do all the image optimization on top of the resources that you you save in S3. Um, but beside that, Cloudinary itself is, uh, is actually also the hosting, um, sorry, a resource um, like storage, but that's, that's not the main part. Um, it's different is that it allows you to keep one version of resource, but from that version of resource, you can make a lot of different other version with different transformation. And it's smart enough to make it optimized and make it really suit your need in the device, in the client's point of view, not just in the, the developer point of view, but it's actually the end user point of view. Um, that's that's why, I, I mean, I, I got to Cloudinary about uh, four or five years ago. Uh, when I went the first time I heard about them when I went to a booth in a conference and they showed me the whole thing with the uh, W100 and high ah, 100 yeah. like, and they were like I totally like impressed yeah you know, like, really impressed like it's, it's like magic like you don't yeah. even have to do anything yeah the and thing think is, about I, how much yeah. sorry I think no, how, how much how much um works you say from CSS point of view when you have to and uh, when you don't have to deal with all these these resize and then all the CSS code to do it right yeah it's absolutely incredible um so for for the both of you uh, Maya first um 
where do you primarily focus? I'm going to pop up for those for those on the podcast. I'm kind of showing Cloudinary SDK uh, back end here. Um, oh, give me one second. There we go. Um, maybe. Apparently, I, I, I'm struggling today. There we go. There we go. Yay. <laughs> um, so this is kind of the frameworks and where I primarily focus is on the client side SDKs. Mm -hmm. Do you find that, um, you know, either of you, do you focus in other areas between server side or mobile? Uh, for me, okay. Unless, unless team you want to start or. You, oh, okay sure. I have a controversial one. I don't focus on any of those. <laughs> <Okay>. We actually, <laughs> because um, I have these huge clients that all have their own specific needs and we basically just focus it all on the URL because the URL has the whole Cloudinary API and that's the most amazing thing of this whole system because you don't need React to concatenate the URL for you because that's basically what this system does, right? Yep. And right. so we have these crazy use cases where let's say we work for Chanel and they had like 5,000 um, product images, but they're all shot in in different ways with different layers in Photoshop. And we just devise the URL scheme to remove certain layers and move other stuff around. And only on the URL, we unified all those products. Yeah, So that's, that's I didn't really amazing. care, you know, about all those. Like nowadays we have a few plugin. I think Maya, you worked on that, right? Yeah, I work on one of the plugin. Um, actually, it's like my one of my uh, side project because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a senior front end. So my project is actually not the frameworks, but more like if you go up to the beginning, the top, I was working on the, some solution called the digital assets management like the ah, yeah, sure. yeah like you up you allow you to upload and manage your asset and do all the transformation inside there and uh, now i'm working on the plugin like a sdk for view like you know like we can we can have a component for cloudinary on view application that you can pass a lot of transformation and it will also auto generate the image tag using the url exactly uh, yeah, so what Tim says is correct. Um, the more unique thing about Cloudinary is that you can do everything with the URL, which is very powerful. And all the SDK we provide is actually wrapped around that idea. And, yeah, and yeah. It's, it saves your ass everywhere. Because, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, if, I'm not sure if I can say that. We're from Europe. Edit that, edit that. Yeah, we'll have to take that one out. Sorry, sorry. So we try to see for kids on this channel. Yeah. You're, so, you're sorry, man. So okay. what, what we see all the time is that the moment you do this stuff at scale, those these these clients have so many systems in place, you cannot just remove it and say, oh, we do everything Cloudinary. Right. So because it's so um, scalable and flexible, you can just remove certain parts and add other parts. And this is what makes it so cool. Like we yeah. can have this Amazon bucket, but like if you use, if you have a client like L'Oreal, they shoot a model, but... You cannot show that image after one year, but if you just put that in the cache somewhere and in the CDN and it stays, you have a big problem, right? Yeah, Cloudinary sure. can solve all of that also. Yeah, I know one of the amazing parts, like even on AJMP's site, um, I actually take one picture that you know is uploaded, and we actually scale that 
depending on your device. Um, and again, that's it's all URL based, or sorry, not well, it's done in the URL. Um, yeah. And so it's that browser based version of this. It's not using a SDK or anything. Uh, Gatsby actually spits out source sets for images. And some are um, some switch from just kind of that core image JPEG PNG and actually spit out WebP. So you're getting a super light, super performant picture. You really don't have to do a lot of work. And that's what blows my mind. Um, And that's that's why I became part of um, Cloudinary's MDE program was just my fascination with the the tooling and the the company itself. So that's why I think many of us got started on this. Um, So kind of taking that to the next level um i know initially i was talking like what what makes a google developer expert what makes a a mde so what is kind of your inspiration i'll go to tim first on this one what what inspires you or motivates you to get kind of into the community and start to uh create this stuff for people i mean it's a lot of extra work and extra hours are you just passionate about it I think passion is a big one. I'm like a creative person and stuff just comes out all the time. And for the longest time, I channeled this into my job. That's, of course, private, right? It's for clients and stuff like that. And at one point, I decided why not just write a bit more or go a bit out and speak on some conferences because we never speak about the solutions we do for those big clients. And then suddenly I noticed this is so nice to have all these people around you that are actually much better than you. Like these NDEs, they're amazing. And I learned so much. And um, yeah, with that, it just moves a bit quicker. And what I notice now is that I'm looking for great people to work with. And the more you're in those kind of environments, you find those people. And if it clicks, uh, you can grow your own profile, but also my team has grown significantly this year just because I started doing this kind of stuff. Cool. All right. So it's both personal, but also for the group, I think it's great. Yeah. yeah so that's also how I met Tim. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we spoke in the same conference, right? Was that it? Yeah. Yeah. He came to me and say, Oh, Hey, I'm a fan of Cloudinary. Like, Oh, cool. <laughs> and then actually your boss, Doron, he knew me already. Because yeah. I keep on pushing Cloudinary on every project I have. <laughs> because every time they have an issue, it's like, oh, you solve it with this in Cloudinary. You solve it with that in Cloudinary. And they're always like, oh, Tim, you, do they pay you or something? <laughs> no, it just, I need a solution. Give me something high quality. Yeah, so that's, that's how awesome. we... Yeah. So what we'll gave you the courage? It sounds like both of you um, have put in uh, CFPs and like went through that whole process. What what kind of led you and gave you the courage enough to get up on stage and talk through that? What what's that like? Um, <laughs> why me? <laughs> okay. Um, well, it's it's hard to say. I guess the first thing is that. The passion, like I have something I want to talk about, and yeah, the, before the stage, always so hard. It's like every 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 minutes before the stage, we're like, oh god, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, it really scary feeling, and it always happens. And I get just the fact that I love what I was talking about, and I know my topic well, and I'm. I mean. I'm not afraid. I mean, I'm not afraid of sharing it, and I know that people will dislike it or like it, but it doesn't really matter. I want to share something, and I'm going to share it to the community, mm-hmm. and that's what made me standing on the stage. 
and just do it. <laughs> so as, as part of that kind of process and putting in uh, CFP for those folks who don't uh, know, call for papers, um, do you usually start with an idea and an abstract and then? Oh, yes. Um, okay. Well, first of all, I have started with an idea. And then it's the idea come mostly because of my work. Like, because I work in a team and uh, we have discussion over certain subject, like how design this and that. And then suddenly I just got the idea because people start discuss and start to argue about it. They just put the idea and then I put it in an abstract, like put it some, you know, like pond. What is the point here I want to talk about? Do a bit of research and then um, form into a very long description and then start to minimize it, minimize it until I'm happy that it's short and attractive enough. And the title is the hardest part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's like it's like naming variable. Like it's not easy to do some title. Uh, luckily, I have some guy that the Condoron. <laughs> Yes. So if you got in this inspiration, you really need to go for him because it's like he's like my master of title. Every, <laughs> every time I'm stuck in the title, I just go to him, hey, what, what do you think about this? Which title should be good? And then he gave me some title and then I, okay, that sounds cool. I put in my CFP and then I got accepted. That's amazing. Right. So, so do you think the title makes it acceptable? That's like the best thing about it or? Um, I think it's like, about 30% or 40% because it's like when you look at the talk, the first thing you see is the title. Mm -hmm. And then after sure. the title, they will look at the abstract. So the abstract needs to be friendly. And then it's like, um, how to say, appeal to what your idea, make your make your idea stand out. So one of the one of the abstract that I got accepted the most, that I put it as the conversation between developer. And then in the end, I said, okay, so my talk is exactly about this, that yeah. the discussion of the developer. And yeah. somehow they like it. <laughs> Good. Fantastic. Tim, is that kind of similar for your experiences? Are those the things you kind of focus on first? Or do you have like a project you've rolled off of and you try to spin that back into a, a talk or a presentation? I think lately it's that exactly. So I'm on I'm on this uh, pretty big program that is very complex, that's very big. And it's now that we've done this a couple of years, it's kind of this gold mine of how do you work with people from different cultures or what kind of technology do you use at scale? And slowly but surely I started to realize, hey, that's a subject that we always struggle with, but we have a solution. So I'd write a blog post for work or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that... And I was lucky enough to be invited to, to some conferences without me writing a CFP. So I kind of rolled into it with luck. And then I realized, hey, I can actually do this. That's amazing. Still, and I'm not saying I'm the best at that, but it slowly grows. So now I'm writing CFPs because I'm, you're not always asked for something, right? Right. And I've, I just got another um, not accepted uh, today yeah. so things happen right I, so i put those yeah. i tag those in my gmail and it's just i go like look at them every occasionally just say okay there's my list of people that didn't want to talk like it, it makes me motivated to kind of go yeah. after it and i think this is what i noticed like uh, lately my talks generally don't go very specific into one thing like i won't talk about this is an image but i will talk about a bigger subject that can cross different subjects, let's say. And for conferences, it's sometimes really hard to choose those talks. 
That's really cool. Yeah, it's yeah. for for Nick and I, this is a lot of help. We're trying to get a CFP through ng-conf. We kind of talked about that before we started mm-hmm. live here. And so it's really useful for us to know that. And I think for others to kind of be encouraged to become um, like MDs or Google developer experts or any other expert that's out in the community, I think it's huge to start talking at your local conferences um, and, and start that community involvement. That's what yeah, gets so you. small. It's everything. Yeah. Um, which actually leads to our next question. How do you get local community involvement? Like how, how are you two kind of involved in, in your communities? Did you start meetups? How did that start for you? Oh, okay. Let me start this. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, well, for me, I start Vue.js Israel, the, com- uh, the community meetups. And it all started because we have a community of views developers, but they don't have any, like we have React meetups, we have Angular meetups, but there's no certain meetups for view developers. And we have a Facebook group, but nothing else. So I asked around, like I did throw the question in and say, so why there's no view developers meetups? And they say, no one ever thought of it. So I said, cool, let's do let's it. Go. <laughs> let's go for it. Why not? So I started and I do all the preparing the talk, talk to people and say, this is the topic that will be interested in this community. And they start the first one to see how it go and um, start asking people to to put a CFP, you know, to submit CFP to, the, to my meetup and see how it reacts. And I got a few. That's enough mm-hmm. to run the first two conferences. Yep. Then going on and going on, and then start to talk around with the the core team and the other meetups and other organizer and learn from there. And then slowly, slowly, it will be more the whole community start to involve, and we got more people from more companies that uh, contact us to host it, like to willing to sponsor and host it in their own company. And more speakers. That's awesome. Tim, do you have a, a similar experience with kind of your local meetups in Paris there? Actually, it's quite different. Like where I work in Paris, is it's there for a long time. And it's kind of on the outside for fronted. It's really a boring place, <laughs> even though we do great stuff. I have to be honest, this is how it is. And so it was my job when I become the director. Okay, we need to change this around. So I just was lucky to speak on a really good conference. I was the one after Evan Yu, which is the creator of Yu. So it was the perfect time. We had a really good showcase of what what I did in that program that I worked on. So from there, I got some... Um, a lot of interested people also from Paris, but also from other places. And so I started to go to some more meetups, but I didn't ever go to a meetup before. I don't know why. I just worked hard. That's it. I never... I only worked. You know, so I, I think that's true no. everywhere. I, I think you find that like people, like they go to work, they try to focus as much as they can. They try to skill up on their own, but there's like this whole different flavor when you start to get into the meetup world, um, exactly. and, like drawing all of those talented people together. It's, it's mind blowing. I actually yeah. didn't realize that, that I had knowledge that others didn't have due to this crazy amount of work I used to do. Yeah, and, I agree with that. Yeah, so you can just share this. And now suddenly um, we did our first Valtech meetup in Paris. And suddenly there were all these people that actually came. 
like, whoa, I didn't actually prepare as good as Maya, who actually did CFPs and the whole thing. I just had my team speak because I want them to learn to speak. Yeah. A good speaker will do great in projects. They can yeah. defend themselves against crazy clients, all this stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's it just worked. Deal. And now we hosted the FUGS Paris meetup, which is really quite prestigious. And they asked me, can can you host? Uh, sure. Yeah. And suddenly these things are happening. So oh, it's yeah. also like good vibes, you know, push it forward. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the difference is because I'm uh, I'm a more organized type of, type of person. So <laughs> yes, I I'm just, learned, just, <laughs> I'm, right. I'm just learned, learned from the, the organizer on the conference. So I, okay, let's just copy this module and do the meetup and do it slowly. But to be honest, sometimes uh, we don't really, we, we skip the whole CFPs and just do the last oh, minute talk. Sure. Like we just do beers and pizza and then people come. And actually oh. that, that model also works unless it gets bigger and we need to organize things, right? But for yeah, now, this is pizza totally Pizza is always good. Pizza and beer is always good. It works for everyone. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yes, right. Even in Paris. Yeah. yeah. Nick, How about you, you guys? <laughs> Nick, do you find like you have something like that? So Nick, Nick works at a pretty large corporation. So you guys probably do a lot of lunch and learns, but do you find like meetups or local meetups or something that people do around you? Uh, I think it's something that we are looking at doing. I think the one thing that we've done in our, in our organizations, we've been able to do basically lunch and learns and that's, yeah. that's where we're bringing in. Uh, we also sponsored a hackathon at GM in, cool. in our California office. Uh, last year to try to basically hack hack the vehicle systems and come up with ideas. Oh, that's cool! And wow, so, um, it was a great thing. You know, great for college, great for great for beginners wanting to explore. And it's a it's something that I think is critical to be being successful is community. That's yeah, pr- I've that's learned pretty, that over this year for sure. Mm-hmm. Sorry cool. to interrupt. Cool and frightening all at the same time when people are trying to hack cars, right? Yeah. So what did you hack exactly? Uh, so the goal, the goal of it was to basically break our, our infotainment system and break our architecture, our system architecture that's in our latest vehicles, uh, because there has been uh, issues in the past with, with other vendors. And um, that's just a big cybersecurity is a big, big issue for us. So just basically giving people the, the keys to our SDK, the, you know, anything that a developer might or might not have and just letting them try to try to get at it. Yeah. Oh, that's the real hackathon. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, we actually do this. We work for Audi, and we do similar stuff. So I'm really interested what you hacked and what we can hack. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you later. I think <laughs> you guys, you guys become hackers just like in one minute. <laughs> Frightening and scary. Um, Actually, my husband will be so interested, and in then he just hacked my entire car system. Really. Yeah, the other day, like he installed a bunch. My car is have the system that prevent me from installing some software, and then one night, just decided that he going to hack it, and they spend the whole night in the car. And the next morning, I came, and my car, my car system is completely different. <laughs> That's kind of scary. It's still yeah. you could still use the brakes, right? <laughs> yeah. So far, so far, so far. So far. I'm still so- sitting here. <laughs> So I actually, I run um, Jamstack GR and the only reason I called it that was because I, I kind of similar with all of you, um, I, we don't necessarily want 
a focus on view or angular mm-hmm. like that specific uh niche um it was more just around like let's talk web stuff and people are like well i don't do front end i'm like well apis like that's fine let's talk like infrastructure as code let's talk middleware and so we've tried to spin it up and maya just like you i i had probably five people on the first one it's it's growing the free pizza as you as you said helps a lot but i'm trying to get more um, organizations involved at this point too, and keep pulling that in. So, uh, Gatsby is sponsoring our February meetup. Oh, that's nice. Wow, cool. cool. That I would recommend reaching out. They have a great community program over there. So if you want to pull them in, I think it's pretty, pretty easy. It's not too hard. Um, and I just got approved to do hash code 2020 from Google. So you wow. guys, Definitely have to check that one out. Um, I'll, You're doing I'll post good stuff, man. That's cool. Some links up. Uh, That's really cool stuff. Yeah, I encourage anyone who's, who's listening as well check out check out these different events and who you can pull in. And you know, don't be afraid to uh, start your own meetup in your community because it's it is a lot of work and it takes some time, but you'll get a lot out of it too. That's what I enjoy the most. So, helping build up those developers around you is is huge. Yeah. Actually, what I've learned this year is it's so easy. Like, for example, we do this huge project and we use Nuxt. You know, mm-hmm. this is a Fuji.js framework that can also do some server-side rendering and stuff like this. And I know they're in France. So I just hit the guy up, call him. Like, we have this project. I cannot really tell you the client, blah, blah, blah. He's like, sure, come to Bordeaux. We worked for a couple <laughs> of days. And now there's this thing that went live. And we are so proud together. And That's amazing. The thing is, these guys are geniuses. I'm yeah. just this dude. And I just call him and he's like super enthusiastic. So people from Gatsby or from Cloudinary, everybody wants to do this. Yeah. So if you just do it, just write a crappy CFP. Yep. Probably it's fine. If if you are a good speaker or your concept is great, you probably get in. That's the yeah. thing. I, I always tell people like it, those people are geniuses. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, and there's a lot of those, but many of them yes. just either don't have the time or they don't have the the willingness sometimes to get up in front of people and teach. So yeah, exactly. that, that's that community building side that, that MDEs draw in, that GDs draw in. Um, there's probably other DE type of things that I'm missing, but there's those communities that get built up and the people that come out of them are huge. You don't have to be in Silicon Valley to do this. We can do it around the world. Like we're talking sure. what? three different time zones, three different parts of the world at this point, right? Yeah. Yep. I actually just learned that Paris is one of the biggest startup communities in the world. Oh, really? This is crazy. There's so much VP money going around. Of course, we're speaking to the US and Israel here who are also huge. (laughs) (laughs) It's just fun. I don't think we are close to you, but... No, but you're growing like crazy. I mean, you, you look at like per capita you're going to catch up pretty quick, right? So Yeah, and I'm quite happy to be in Paris because when I was in Amsterdam, we're on the forefront of technology. And in Paris, it seemed to be a bit behind, which is actually cool because there's so much work and people are quite open. If if you do one thing well, you make these relationships and now they just all want to do this new technology. So for example, next year, we're going to do Jamstack for so many projects because yeah. it's really an interesting subject. For sure. And it's, like it's green and sustainability and all of those extras on top of just the technology are so interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you definitely should talk to me. 
<laughs> yeah, I have a whole talk actually about Jamstack. I did it last week on the few conference. Cool. Yeah, so I'll Jamstack be shopping that one around, trend. you know. <laughs> if yeah. you want to throw that in the uh, show notes, I'd be happy to add it to. to oh, sure. I, 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 I think Alex, slides if you want. Alex, you also have a um, podcast about Jamstack, right? Am I right? Uh, I don't have a podcast out there yet, but we plan on doing one for sure um, as part of Jamstack GR. So we do have some videos out there that we've we've kind of live streamed from Jamstack GR. Um, I encourage anyone to jump on that too. Oh, I'm going to check um, that out for sure. Me too. Cool. I'd, I'd love to have you on as as guests as part of that too. So that'd be cool. I went super deep into this and then I realized... I'm not a front-end dev, but I'm a web dev, right? You need to know cloud. And then I went to do Azure, and then it's the most shit interface I've seen. And then you have to fix that up. And it's actually learning the tools rather than the concept because the concept is actually so easy and clear. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Using the tools, wow. Amazon is even worse. (laughs) You don't mention Amazon here. I mean, anyone is going Amazon? (laughs) It's, it's very interesting because I work in a, a consulting shop and so mm-hmm. we have to use it all. Like we use yeah, it all, exactly. all the time. And obviously Amazon's kind of the, the biggest fish out there. And sure. then, then basically Azure and GCP after that. Yeah. Um, but there's a client that wants something in all of those. And what we've yeah. found is that things um, are all moving to the cloud. And in the next True. three years, the, the big thing is I feel like that people have done lift and shifts. They've taken their infrastructure and just set it in there. But now is the serverless time and the Jamstack side of things that are really, really starting to come out. So yeah, I'm really ready to push that forward. I think we're running up on time a little bit. We always try to keep kind of around a half hour. Uh, Shaq, would you like to do the, the new favorite saying at the end here? Yeah, we need a rando. Rando. What is that? <laughs> I think we're not American enough to understand. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that I am either. We're still working on it. We're working through it. We're still working through it. <laughs> um, but basically, our, our rando question is, how can we swap out StreamYards powered by StreamYard in a video for an MDE? Maya said she knew how to do this. I think oh, we can well, figure that out. <laughs> Maya claimed that there's a way to do it. Not that I know how to do this. Maya knows a person who might be able to do it. <laughs> well, technically, you can use Cloudinary in uh, you know, the URL of that video and ask, uh, add it as an overlay, put it in the top, um, top right the corner. Top right corner. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really always confused with left and right here. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so it should be, you should be able to put a Cloudinary uh, icon on top of StreamYard, and it will stay the whole time. Uh, you can even put a small background over the the Cloudinary icon so that no one will see the StreamYard logo. At all, and that's cool, right? <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's part of the stuff that I love about Cloudinary. There's so much image and video manipulation you can do uh, just on the fly, really. It's it's kind of cool. Yeah, now that a video can... stuff came out, I'm totally blown away because I wanted oh, yeah, that, that a while one? back, you know? You, you saw that one, the new video editor? Yep, for oh, sure. No, I haven't yet. I still have to log in. Yeah, but... so uh, apparently they, you can do a lot of cool stuff with the video editor. And I, I'm not sure they launched it, but they have the media, media um, image of media editor also. 
that you can also they also smart enough to know where your logo should appear on your on the image and then uh, when you click on it it will automatically generate the icon and the logo on top of your image wow. and then you can drag and drop it somewhere and then it will uh, generate for you the URL exactly where you are so you don't have to calculate where's the x where's the y where's the z <laughs> Mm. So yeah. no more uh, Premiere Pro then for us. <laughs> wow. Wow. Cool. So, well, yeah. I'm going to wrap it up there. I really appreciate you, Perfect Peeps, for coming on. And we'll see you uh, next time on Perfect.dev. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Head over to Perfect.dev to check out our other content and say hi to our community. No matter what you are pursuing, keep working and stay perfect.